Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hey, it's Lori, and we're so glad that you're here for another episode of the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. Have you ever felt like you've been forgotten by somebody? Yes. Well, my son felt forgotten one time. Ryan was in third grade, and it was his birthday, and my husband was supposed to pick him up after school, and he left campus and forgot to get him. And the worst part is my husband worked at the school, so he was literally on the same campus with him and forgot to go pick him up from aftercare so he could go home with him. And about five minutes down the road, Scott got a call from somebody on campus saying, are you picking Ryan up today or is he going home with somebody else? And Ryan has not let us forget that for the past 20 years. Uh, We talk about this numerous times and get laughing about it at our family events frequently. He felt very forgotten. And while we laugh about that, it's definitely not funny when we feel like God has forgotten us. And I know that we've probably all can say we've had seasons of life where we have felt like that, that we have called on God and we're praying and we're asking for God to intervene in a situation. And we don't feel like he is hearing us or seeing us or responding in our timing. And I know you've been through that as well. I can remember feeling that way so many times. When I was praying for Bob, I just felt so, um, I felt alone. Um, I felt that he abandoned me. I felt that he um, just gave up all the responsibility of being a husband, a father, and that he just turned off that responsibility of being a, a believer, being a Christian, Christ-like acting Christian man. And it it was devastating. It was frightening. But during that time that I was feeling all those feelings, I was also saying, Lord, where are you? Help me. What do we do? And I was crying out to the Lord as much as I was crying for the loss and all the problems I was having with Bob. I was also crying out to the Lord, help me guide me, speak to me. I can't hear you. Well, in the Bible, there's many people who also have felt that way. One is David. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about him today um, and talk about a prayer that he prayed to God. And it probably resonates with prayers that you have prayed. Now, if you don't know about David, he was anointed to be king when he was young And he didn't get the throne until he was in his late 20s or 30s. So he was given this job by God, given this task, you're going to be king. But then he has to wait a couple of decades for it to actually happen. Um, David's father was Jesse, and he sends him to the front lines of the fighting that's happening to deliver food to his brothers. And so while David's there delivering food to his brothers, he gets appointed to fight Goliath ends up killing Goliath, which seems like a victory. Um, Saul, who was king at the time, had promised that whoever killed this monster, Goliath, would be able to have his daughter marry his daughter. So David's suddenly a hero, and 
he has a woman now and he's, you know, defeated this big enemy. And it seems like his life is set up to be perfect. Like what could go wrong? But Saul becomes very jealous of all the attention that David's getting and tries to have David killed. So David goes on the run and he's living out in the desert for years, hiding from Saul, hiding from the army that's hunting him. And David tries in that process to fix things many times on his own. He tries to manufacture a solution, which we've all probably done at one time or another while we're waiting on God. Positively. Yes, positively. And I know you're thinking of things you, as as Lori talks, you're thinking of, of examples in your own life of what has gone on with your own life and story. It's like when we try to fix things on our own, they just get worse. And he felt forgotten by God. He felt rejected. And I want to just, we want to read to you Psalm 13, which is one of the Psalms where David is just crying out to God about his pain. Let me read Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. And Lori, I have in my Bible, I have dates written around this psalm. And also I have, but God, and on verse 5 and 6, I have them underlined and highlighted. The whole verse, uh, the whole Psalm 13 is highlighted in my Bible. That Psalm is literally something that we've probably all prayed. You know, in the first few verses, David's basically crying out to God, how long, O Lord, why have you forgotten me? Why are you hiding your face from me? How long do I have to wrestle with my thoughts? How long will my enemy triumph over me? All things that you may have said to God in your prayer time. Oh, positively. I think of the ones that have had, are praying right now for marriage restoration. And you have a burden for your husband or wife to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ or return back to living a Christ-like life. And they've been tempted and they've fallen into sin. And it looks crazy uh, for what you're going through. But we have to remember, but God, he is right there with you and he will never leave you or forsake you. And you can talk to him all the time. Right. And at the end of that, you see David's heart turn at the end of that chapter when he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord for he's been good to me. And that Psalm is such an encouragement because you can see that David had moments of despair, but he did not um, stay in that spot. And that's what we want to encourage you today is that sometimes you might have those moments of defeat where you are thinking, Lord, why is this still happening? Why is this still going on? But it's so important that we don't get stuck there and that you come back to the point where you can worship God and trust in his timing. Um, There's other people in the Bible who also went through this. Abraham was another one who waited patiently on God. God promised Abraham 
many things. And I looked it up and saw that his first promise that God gave him, Abraham was just a child. He was so young and he was 102 when that promise came to pass. Right. So he waited so many years when it seemed like God's promises were never going to happen in his life and there would never be a fulfillment of that. And you know, we've talked about it just a couple episodes ago when people say, well, maybe I shouldn't stand for marriage restoration anymore because nothing's changing. There are some people that have had to wait not just one or two years, but ma- wait many years. Many years. And um, and they're thinking, did I miss God or did I not understand God? But th- that is not the case. God is right there with you, and he is blessing you or guiding you and directing you with your, all your finances. So God is right there with you, and he is always one second of breath away from you crying out, Lord, help me. Yeah. I was talking to somebody this week and they were dealing with anxiety over a situation that their feelings and stress about the situation did not match what was happening. And they were just in their mind, things were so much worse and so much greater than the reality of what was happening. And I think that we can get that way sometimes when we're praying to God for things that are happening in our lives we can get so stuck in looking at other people and looking at their successes or our perception of what we perceive to be their successes that we aren't looking to God for what he's going to do. Instead, we're so busy looking at other people and saying, well, why can't I have that family? Why can't my husband act that way? Why can't my wife look at me with those eyes? And Instead, if we would look to Christ and and say, you know, Lord, I'm trusting your timing for when you're going to answer these prayers, um, then we stop feeling so forgotten because we're not dwelling in that place of abandonment and feeling lonely and feeling like God has turned his face from us. The enemy is trying to always say negative thoughts in your mind, and you have to learn to know that that's not what the Lord is speaking. That is what the enemy is trying to defeat and discourage you and be feel hopeless. And the Lord does not want you to feel hopeless. He wants you to trust him, believe in his power, and know that he is holding your right hand and is, follow, and is guiding you and directing you every step of the way of your life. Right. John 16, 33 is a verse that lines up with that. It says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And it's literally like a daily reminder to yourself when you feel those moments of defeat coming that you just combat those lies with the truth from God's word. And you might have to put them on index cards and put them around your house or write them in your prayer journal or whatever you have to do to remind yourself. But when you get stuck in that pattern of feeling abandoned by God, you can defeat those thoughts with scripture. Oh, positively. Back years ago when I was doing it, I literally put, I made index cards and put stickies on them and wrote them out. And then I would have them in my purse or I would have a few in my desk drawer at work that I could just pull them out. And if something happens, I could just pray those scriptures if I had not memorized them. But when you're stressed, sometimes it comes, it's hard to have scriptures come to your mind. 
So if you pull out wherever you're at, just have three sets of different scriptures for you in a drawer and and start speaking one or two or three of those scriptures. And God will give you a peace and a comfort that you can um, get back on track. Yeah. Um, Joseph's another person from the Bible who felt abandoned by God at seasons of his life. He was the victim of probably the worst case of sibling rivalry that I think is mentioned in the Bible. For sure. I mean, his brothers sold him into slavery. Um, They were super jealous of him. And Joseph ended up in jail and um, wondering, you know, how God was going to redeem what was happening in his life. And he ended up having an encounter with his brothers and, um, you know, seeing his brothers and his brothers were shocked to notice it was him. And they knew what they had done to him and they thought he was dead. And Joseph, instead of coming at them with vengeance and, and with unforgiveness, he came to them with open arms and love and forgiveness. And that's because of the work that God had been doing in Joseph's life while he was in the waiting for what God was going to do in his life. It's important not to get stuck in those patterns of self-pity. Self-pity and hopelessness. Right. Where you feel like God has just abandoned you and there's no hope. One of the scriptures I've always liked and memorized, uh, a couple of verses of it, is Psalm 18. And it says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. And that's the point, is that the Lord is always right there with us, and we have to keep praising the Lord and thanking him for who he is. He is our strength. He is our fortress, and he's our rock, and we don't have to walk, have the enemy shoot um, the thoughts in our minds of fear and hopelessness. Right. And it's important in the season when you're waiting on God to just be reminded of the things that we've shared today, the um, ways God is walking with you, and that you can just line up the scriptures with the thoughts you're having and make sure that they're coming into alignment. If your thoughts are thoughts of hopelessness and feeling um, inadequate and feeling like God's abandoned you, you know that's not true. Um, it doesn't line up with scripture. And so you need to just do what we've said and just line it up when you have those negative thoughts. Um, our anchor is Christ and he is faithful and our anchor will hold. Um, Hebrews talks about that in Hebrews chapter two. It says we must pay careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. And when we are anchored in Christ, you're not going to drift. You're going to be solid and he will move in his timing. And it's not always easy to wait. It's not fun to wait. Um, We're a very impatient society, and I think it's getting worse every year. You know, we want things immediately. We have access to so much information right in our pockets with our cell phones. We want things done now. And I know when we're praying for um, things, whether it's a prodigal spouse, a prodigal child, healing, a financial situation, whatever it is, you know, it can be easy to be impatient, but that's when we have to depend on God and his perfect timing. 
And you can think back and go back through the Bible and study the people we talked about today, Abraham and David and Joseph, and look at their lives and how they waited on God and the mess that they made when they didn't wait on God. Like in David's situation, he made a mess of his life for a season because he was trying to manipulate things himself instead of trusting Christ for the future. And I also want to remind you to be sure to read your word, the Bible, daily. Make it a a practice, a daily commitment that in the morning you may read um, Psalms and a proverb, and in the evening you may read uh, uh, Matthew or Mark, Luke, and John, uh, start reading in the Gospels. And then on the weekends, maybe uh, start reading in the Old Testament. I know when I was going through all our, our trials and tribulations, I turned to the Lord, and it gives you a peace that as you start reading, God will encourage you. Absolutely. And it's not about checking a box to say, I read my Bible today, now God, I'm ready for my answer to prayer. It's about the reason we're in the Word and the reason we're spending time with the Lord in prayer is so that we can learn how to become more like Him. And when we, come, when we become more like Christ, then we're people who are patient, we're people who are long-suffering, we're people who are not looking to the world for what's not happening in our life at that moment. We're looking to Christ and saying, I trust you and your timing, and I trust what you're doing in my life, and I don't like this hardship, but I want to be like you, so help me to look like you. And we say it all the time. We have no idea how God's going to use a hardship that we're facing to bless other people, to change your life, to change other people's lives. And right now, if you're in a season of hardship, He will use this season, and it's about you waiting on Him and letting him work out what he's going to do and not manipulating things on your own. Positively. It's not the time. It's your spiritual time with the Lord daily for you to help your children learn the Bible and do devotions with them and and put, be practical with them when they have issues with their homework, with their teacher, with any variety of things. So the most important part is Take the Lord with you and bring the Lord with you in every one of your situations in your life and ask him questions because he will answer you. Right. And he has not forgotten you. He is still exactly where he was when day one happened. When you get bad news tomorrow or in five years or in 10 years, he will still be in that same spot. He is carrying you, and he has got a plan and a purpose for your life that is beyond what you can imagine. And so just trust him with your future. Let me end with uh, a scripture that I like that might encourage you. It's First Peter chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, which says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible 
and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I hope that you have been encouraged today to trust God in the valleys that you're in and to just be reminded and know that He has not forgotten you. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit RejoiceMinistries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.RejoiceMinistries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.